Thank you for tuning in to an episode of 5678. You're listening to the podcast for non-professional dancers. 5678 is the direct result of a one-year dance challenge that I set myself on to become a better dancer. 5678 is an honest conversation about what it was like for me to start something new at the ripe old age of 29 in a town that's all about perfection during a time in my life where I found it hard to make it through the day. Thank you for listening to my struggle. Let's get started. Welcome to 5678, the podcast for non-professional dancers. I am your host, Jennifer Chang. And today with me, I have the beautiful Karma Reigns. Karma, how are you? Hey, girl. I am healthy and feeling good. <laughs> That's a good answer. Usually it's kind of like good, all right, so-so, but healthy is a good answer. That's that's always a good way to be, right? Yeah, I think so, especially now. So <laughs> if you wake up feeling uh, healthy and you feel like your wellness is intact, then I think you're going to have a successful day. Right, especially during all of this like quarantine where people are like, really making sure to like wash their hands and like use antibacterial and like wipes like I I was a person that always like had antibacterial like in my purse Mm -hmm. but now it's like everywhere like it's in every room of the house it's in the car it's like it's kind of like chapstick almost like I used to carry chapstick everywhere yes chapstick and lotion those are like the go-to's you have to have those too especially as a female you just never know right Exactly, exactly. That's the things you always find in a woman's purse at all times. Yes, literally. Chapstick. Lip gloss too, like depending on the woman. <laughs> oh, when I was in middle school, lip gloss was always in my purse, which okay. yeah, it's not that good. I carried it very many places I was in middle school, but like, hey, I had it. <laughs> I love it. I know. Um, so, of course, sh- big shocker, you and I met in a dance class. Um, I'm not sure the first time we've ever seen each other, but I just remember it's kind of like those things where like you see people all the time and you eventually just become friends because you're around each other so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when you're like vibing in a dance class, you feel like you know each other because the vibes are just like bouncing all around. Yeah, it's it's like the dance space familiarity. Like, you know, it's you all come to one spot to commune. So you eventually uh, develop some type of communication relationship, whether it's like an acquaintance or it actually turns into a true friendship or, you know, so yeah, that's, I think that's one thing that I love about going to dance studios is you never know who you're going to meet and then what's going to turn out of that, you know, uh, meeting situation. So, but yeah, I think it was Nick's, it was either Nick's class or Kifa's, one of the two, since they always taught on the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably Nick's because I remember because I when I started going heavily to dance classes, I was still working at nine to five. So Kifa was a little too early for me to dip out of work. Right. So I think I like I skated. I just skated just in time in Nick's class. So that's probably where it was. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so like I know that we haven't had like a bunch of time to like for you to tell me all about like your dance career. But like give everyone like a little background about like your dance journey and kind of how you ended up where you are today. Well, I started um, taking dance very seriously and professionally about 10 years ago. So I'm 35 years old. So that means I started like diving in when I was 25. So late bloomer, according to the Los Angeles uh, dance timeline. And and my dancing and teaching actually coincided at the same time. So I wasn't one that danced and then taught. It was I danced and taught literally simultaneously. So I mean, I've always had like teaching and coaching skills in me because my dad is a football coach. So I grew up athletic background. We're teachers, you know, we're researchers, we're speakers of truth. That's just how it's been in my family. And having, you know, people personality, it just all made sense to me to do everything at the same time. And I started at a YMCA. 
That was like Aww. my first stomping ground. It sounds like cheesy sometimes, but then I'm like, no, I actually like. No, I love the YMCA. Yeah, it's like it's the most calm, no pressure, no judgment. Seriously, you know, environment you can go into. And I started teaching kids first, so I took classes, and then one of my sisters worked at a Y and said, hey, they need a sub for like a kids, some type of movement class. And I said, all right, well, let's go and see. And then it just eventually, you know, snowballed and rolled into me actually training and taking classes and then transitioning into, um, out of the YMCA to an actual non-professional dance studio. At the time it was called Your Neighborhood Studio, AKA YNS. And that building was where uh, Debbie Allen's old Dada Academy was. Right. So I stayed there for seven years and you know evolved into the person and choreographer <laughs> and teacher and creative that I am today so yeah it's a it was a cool process and a lot of things happened in between of course but to be able to say I started teaching at the Y and to see where I'm at today is is awesome I wouldn't trade it for the world you know right yeah it feels right good. yeah I mean I love the YMCA like because I mean I, I went there for sports like uh, my sister and I were always kids like every summer we played some kind of like little league sport, like volleyball, basketball, something. I love uh, it. mainly because my mom needed to keep us busy mostly, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It teaches you discipline. Because <laughs> girl, you can get like a certification there for CPR. You can learn how to knit. You I did that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so much there. That's why I liked I liked teaching there. So it was good. It was good vibes. So yeah, and you're also like the you're not the first person to tell me that they started teaching kids because I I honestly do really wish like as a kid I played sports, but mm -hmm. I do wish that I had started dancing as a kid because there's something about children that they are so fearless when they are children. They they have no shame, they have no fear, they just right. go for it. Right. And eventually like as they become adults like that slowly chips away at them. But like I love that. Like you, when you watch children just go for something completely new that's so inspiring and like in the I hope that like they carry that on to their adult life but like watching kids learn something new is fascinating oh yeah it, it becomes um it's also intriguing too because when you are an adult you forget how it was to be a child at times and like you just said to have that fearlessness be just it's automatic you become fascinated on how can I as an adult reconnect to that feeling because we all have it in right it's just, you know, from two years old to 22 years old, a lot of things happen to you. Your brain develops, right. you, know, you let all the other doubts and, you know, insecurities take over. But yeah, to be able to walk around with the energy of a child in your mind, right, with the experience of an adult, I think is um, a really cool thing. So yeah, that's why like teaching kids is, is fun. Then you transition out of teaching children because after a while for me, it was like, all right. I'm good. Cool. Okay. I love the children, but I, di I didn't have the patience anymore. It was, my journey was start with kids because that's a basic fundamental area to start and then developing quickly. That was what it was for me. I was ready to transition out of teaching kids and going into adolescence or like teenage, like 16 and up. I love that. But little, little kids, that wasn't, you know, my calling after a while. So yeah. Well, I mean, teaching children is more than just like teaching a one thing, like teaching a dance class. It's you're taking her on a responsibility, right? Yeah. Because they're so they're in the, such a huge development area, like the developmental area for their brains and their bodies. So it's like not only are you somewhat babysitting, but you're also teaching them life skills, hopefully that they'll carry yeah. on. Right. Why a lot of people shouldn't be teachers. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huge reason because you are, it's not even teach, I'm educating you on what it means to tra- transition from one age to the next. And exactly like you said, you might not even learn a dance sequence. It might be self-esteem. It might be um, using your voice properly. It might just be dance etiquette, how to treat each other, um, social space. Like it's a whole thing, you know? So I think that's another reason why the dance industry professionally has turned into what it's turned into because there's too many quote unquote teachers that are teaching children and they are children within themselves as far. They could be in their twenties and thirties. However, that doesn't mean that they're mature enough, that they're, you know, emotionally stable to even actually take on the role of, because you're taking on the role of a parent, if you really think about it, when you're teaching a child, any genre, whatever that is, whether it's academic or sports or um, entertainment stuff, like that's, it's your kid. Right. <laughs> yeah, you you have to take some sort of long-term responsibility. It's not like the, you're, you're responsible for them for an hour. Is you're taking a long-term responsibility for them because you're, if they're coming to you every week and spending like their parents' hard-earned money with you, then you you owe them something more long-term than just an hour's worth, right? Right. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I'm not go argue there, girl. <laughs> yeah. So, like, kind of going back to like how you, as a teacher, um, like, so we were talking. I've talked to people about this several times that a beginner class in LA is very different from a beginner class anywhere else because the beginner spectrum is so large like and like it could be so like like I took a beginner like I took a beginner intermediate class as my first choreo class and like I was starting from scratch like I had no dance experience besides dance workout classes and that was it um but I was also in that one class I was also next to professional dancers Mm. so and it's like okay like there's people like me and then people who are just there just to like so they don't say you know get rusty you know they want to like just keep up you know the flow of things yeah so like as a teacher like how do you prepare for that like how do you prepare for that very wide spectrum of students well I think first of all you need to know what the title of your class is so if you're teaching beginner intermediate you're more so going to lean towards the intermediate level Um, You always honor the fact that you're going to have beginners. And I think it's allowing yourself to have like an open eye during your teaching process. You'll know within the first five minutes when you're doing a warm up, what level people are at. And some people don't understand like the power of a warm up, which is why it drives me crazy when people don't warm up their students in class. Like, oh my God, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. Like I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I understand we only have 60 minutes, but you could take like three to five minutes to actually stretch these kids out and like walk them through some type of movement. Right. Um, And then of course, I mean, you have the kids that are, you know, taking class after class. So after a while, the teacher doesn't think you need to warm up. But for a beginner beginner and a beginner intermediate, I do think that there should be some type of warm up. So during those first few minutes, if you see that there's four students behind you that are ready to go. They're super excited and they're already off beat when you're literally saying, turn your head to the right, turn your head to the left. And I'm not even vocally saying it. I'm just catching yeah, right. rhythms. You, that, those four students is who you need to pay attention to. When you're, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like that's how, that's how simple it is. So I think right. when you go into the teaching role, as far as teaching beginners that are on a wider spectrum, utilize your warm up as your, um, your scale point. You'll already scan the room. You get prepared to scan the room. You're aware of your surroundings. My dad always says, keep your head on a swivel when you're stepping into something new. So that literally means 360. I mean, not like exorcist 360. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like understanding, filling your space, 
I always say if you have a, you know, if you have a mirror and you're in a studio with the mirror, but clearly before quarantine happened, use that. Like look past your front, go all the way to the back and then do a whole perimeter check and really see the flow. Um, and then, like I said, those first few minutes, you'll know, okay, well, she doesn't know how to do a body roll just yet. All right. Well, he was like a couple beats behind when I said, stretch your head to the right, to the left, to the center on an eight count. All right, cool. So I'm going to take my time there. Even if that means the choreography is more on an intermediate level, there's more eight counts. Maybe there's more and counts. There's more syncopated lyric rhythm. Um, I'll teach it at a slower, slower pace. I won't get through the whole entire chunk. I'll be happy if I execute for eight counts. So I believe your approach is um, allowing yourself to be flexible with your students on the spot. You know, other than that, you can't necessarily pre-prepare pre for that. Um, if anything, it's just developing your teaching skills. That's how you can prepare, you know, right, right. And, the, and the flexibility in the room to not get frustrated when half of your class can't pick up that four eight counts. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. maybe that means next time, instead of making the first four the most difficult, save it for the end or save it for the second time you teach that same routine, you know? So, but yeah, that, I'm telling you that warm up girl, that, <laughs> I swear that is exactly how I know who needs to A, not be in the class. And I want right. to tell them they should go to a beginner beginner and B, who has the, um, the focus and the dedication and the drive, even if they're a little behind, you can see it. Like you can, if you're an energy person, which most creatives are, you can literally see it coming out of their eyes because they're paying attention and you can see the energy like shooting out of their chakras. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm willing to, to take some time with you. And then, you know, other than that, just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with I will, like, I will say that like, there are certain teachers who I know never do a warm up, so like mm -hmm. I warm up myself like before class. You have to, um, yeah, 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 because then like because then you're starting like plus like when if you're just if you had just come from like your nine to five job, you're still kind of like in office mode, and then like you come to a studio, like you kind of kind of like break that down a little bit to become like a dancer because it's all about like performing a role, right? Like when yeah. you become a dancer, yeah. So like I have to like warm myself up to like kind of shed the like nine to five life and then kind of go into being <laughs> a dancer. Plus like. I mean, if you just stand there, like, for, like, five minutes waiting for the teacher and then they start dancing combo, you're, you're not going to, like, it's, it's not yeah. going to flow naturally. You can't literally go from, you know, zero to 60. You got to warm up your body. You have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, I mean, some teachers and some dancers who are just very good and well-versed in it can go zero to 60, but not those students. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. Yeah, that's not, again, and, and because this is focused on beginners, I would never expect my beginner to go from zero to 60 ever. And if I do... I am dishonoring them. I'm not like, I'm not worthy of teaching that student. Why would I expect someone who just came off the street who has no idea what they're doing to just jump straight into it? I think that those teachers are founded in too much arrogance. I think they forgot what it feels like to be a beginner. They also don't take classes. So they forget what it feels like to be a student. I think in order to master your skill, you must remain a student of your craft indefinitely. Don't ever feel like you can't be a student you know, cause you can always learn something and that's with any subject, anything. I don't ever want to get, um, complacent, uh, at my level. I want to take classes when I want to take them. I want to remember what it feels like to be in your shoes. I'm also studying and developing my teaching skills. 
You know, I don't want to always be the same exact person. Yes, I mean, you know, you love your people. However, I might pick up something better from this person and it could be a female, it could be a male, it could be, you know what I'm saying? Like it could be a collab class. Like it's mm-hmm. so I love collab classes so much. There's so so those are interesting because <laughs> There. Okay. Before I give my Tisa, I want to ask you why. Why do you say that? Like, why? What makes you be like? Oh, I love collab classes. Like, what? Tell me. I love collab classes because it's like you're getting a two for one special. Honestly, because like there are some teachers who are very like their style is very much in their pocket. Totally. And then if they collab with someone else, like it's not. Of course, not all going to be in their pocket. It's going to be like a switching of the two. Yes. Which I will say helps me learn layers. Because if I can switch between two different pockets and two different layers and levels, that's making me a better dancer. That's why I love collab classes. Yes. And that is a wonderful answer. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even rehearse that. I didn't even rehearse it. I promise. Oh, it's fantastic. Because that's your, you're, you're looking at it from um, a learning aspect, which is awesome. When I look at it is from a teaching aspect, because not everybody should do collabs together to be teachers because unless you find someone who is equal to your teaching level, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I've been in a couple to where <laughs> like the person yeah. you're doing a collab with is a great dancer. They're a great dancer and they add to the dancing vocabulary. They might have like their little, like you said, their style, but they don't know how to teach. They don't know how to teach. Oh yeah. So one kind of teeters the teeters the other. So I do think when people do collabs, I think they need to really take them very seriously. You hopefully would would have taken that person's class that you're collabing with as a student, so you already know that they can handle right. it. Right, right. You understand what I'm saying? Stepping into that role, and then you're also exposing um, your class to a whole new person. You're opening up that space to say, "I'm going to take a back seat as your." head as your leader and allow this other person to be your leader at this moment. And unless you can match each other, it can also be confusing to your students. Um, They might not be able to pick it up or they're going to wean towards their main teacher and not focus on. So that's what it's a, it's a, uh (laughs) you know, but there's been great collab classes that I've taken and it's for that exact reason. The teachers know what they're doing. It's good to go. And again, the choreo just meshes together and it's, it's a great challenge, but. Yeah, but like, but let's speak, let's speak on that transition from like dancer to teacher. Like Mm. when I was, when I was doing my dance challenge, people constantly were like, oh, you can teach this class. You can teach that. And and I'd be like, no, like I am still very much in the beginner phase of being a dancer. Like I, I know that I'm not ready to teach at all. Like I'm still like, I'm, there's, there are simple things that I still don't know. And like being a dancer is also knowing your limitations and knowing where you need to work on. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that like COVID and quarantine is hard that like people need more ways to make money and that might be like jumping into the teacher pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there like, there needs to be a certain motivation behind wanting to be a teacher besides just wanting there to, needs to be a it. certain level of experience, <laughs> not even motivated to, uh, like, this is me being straight to the point, no sugarcoating shit. There needs to be experience. It's not even about motivation for me. You, when you wake up and you've gone through your daily, you know, routine, there's this extra little like oomph inside of you that makes you want to physically teach someone. I want to develop someone's skill. I have the patience. I have the experience. I also have something that they don't have that I can give. Right. 
if that's not in you, you're not supposed to teach. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm so protective over people stepping into the teaching realm because I've seen such shitty teachers. And then I've seen people who are great at executing a movement. And unfortunately, unfortunately, this is not to you, but to anyone else. When you have beginners, <clears throat> they don't know no better. Right. Go to yeah. the person that they see can dance better than them and automatically assume, oh, they can teach me. And they're stepping right. to someone that I'm like, that's not, no, no, they're not teaching you actually anything. They're just showcasing their skills and then saying, okay, go ahead and now do it. That's not a teacher. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just, not to say that you aren't motivated as a teacher. There is motivation, but I think to fully step into it, you have to have experience. You have to have a couple years underneath your belt of training as a dancer. So that answers your question, how you transition into dance to teach teacher into choreographer choreographer into creative creative director right those are like the tiers right so you dance for a certain amount of years and then if you are inspired and motivated we'll use your words right <laughs> and you have the experience and you still want to continue your journey and ascend then you step into the teaching realm you have dancers that are just like i'm just gonna be a dancer i'm good i don't a, have the patience to teach anybody else. And that's fine. Yep. That's not my personality. I don't want to do it. And they become master dancers. Those are the ones that you tour and do this and do that, blah, blah, blah. And it's amazing. And they're good to go. Or you'll go from dancer, skip teaching and transition into being a choreographer because choreographer means I'm not going to the studios all the time. I'm already taking the professional dancers and I don't right. the baby them and have the patience. I can just say here, here's the shit. Go do it. Steps, do it. Get out of my face. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so pick it up in two minutes. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yes, like you said, this year in particular, of course, you've seen a lot of people come out of nowhere talking yeah. about, I have this class, I have the, that class. And I think that's also with a lot of other, um, what do you call it? Industries. Uh, yes. A lot of other industries. Yes. Everybody is because when it's a beautiful thing because people are developing passions yep. or they're forgetting or excuse me, they're being reminded of the skills that they actually do have. Right. Right. And you're being right. challenged to actually hone them and then execute them. But yeah, as far as everyone becoming a teacher during COVID, um, no, sit down. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey. And, and, that, and that's the thing of our world too, is like, uh, because of the internet and because there are so many human beings on this earth, like eventually something will become oversaturated, right? Like that's just an inevitability. Well, and the dance industry has been oversaturated since the beginning of the history of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like with any business or any industry and even as a dancer, like the question is how do you add something new mm -hmm. and also something important to the conversation? And like, you have to ask yourself that as a teacher too. It's like, okay, I, I know how to dance, mm -hmm. but how do I bring something to my students that they don't already know? Yeah. And how do I be of value to them versus just teaching them the ones and twos and the eight counts, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, I think that that also comes with just like developing their, their social skills. Do you even mm -hmm. know like, how to talk to each other? Do you know how to defend yourself? Not physically, not like, you know, uh, defense technique martial arts wise <laughs> yeah but just stand up for yourself do you know how to recognize when someone is trying to sexually groom you do you know how to recognize when someone is emotionally manipulating you um do you have the skills it takes to even ha have an interview do you know how to talk right right <laughs> you know what i'm saying do you have social awareness um i like to teach people not just the step but 
getting in tune with your body. Some people hesitate from moving because they have trauma. There's yeah. trauma in our bodies, especially mm-hmm. being a black woman. Where it's stored, yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that's there that to me, you know, I want everyone to embrace it. But if I see someone struggling to embrace when I say, take your right hand, put it on your boob, like hold yeah. your breast and now rub it down your side. And if I see them and it's like still four feet away from their body, awkward. <laughs> like, hold up, there's something. It's not that you're like brand, brand new, but there might be something else that's making yeah. you uncomfortable. So I think it's diving deeper into um, like humanizing the dance. Right. And t- you know right. what I'm saying? Coming down to that level. Um, and then, you know, I, I talk about everything in my classes. We're not going to just talk about the step. I'm going to talk about how your day was. Did you guys watch the news? Are we voting? Did you do anything human rights today? Like that's, and I believe that that also comes with age um, experience. I don't expect a 15 year old to talk about all that stuff that I just listed. And if they do, I'm to them. That's great. That means that they were raised that way. Right. That they're, that they're educated in reading and reading the news. Yes. Totally. Totally. So I just think, yeah, I do. I do believe that there needs to be, um, more than a, than an approach of let's just learn these steps, but why, why do you want me to step and stand this way? Karma? Why do I need to, when you say be fierce, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is it just because it looks cool or is there an actual meaning and energy behind this? Is it attached to the words of the song? Do you know the history of the artist as a human being? Like I, I like to go deep, 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 yeah. deep, 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 deep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of cover a lot in that one hour. <laughs> put it down and then don't let it be two hours or three. Shit. It's, that's a whole sermon. Right. <laughs> that's a black church right there. The whole situation. I want you to walk off and like, damn, okay, who she really, because it's going to stick with you. Yes. Sure, your muscle memory will be, you know, ignited. And yes, you'll remember, I just said do to do a pot of bourree and then turn around, split stance, five, six, seven, eight but you're going to remember it like forever because uh, there was a story, there was a meaning, you know, behind it. Um, I don't think there's a lot of teachers that not the new ones. There's not a lot of new ones that are being developed that, that have that. I grew up with that though, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a certain like aspect, like, like you said, of being like, how do you communicate with other people? Like how to like, what are your interpersonal skills? Because I, I've sometimes a lot of creatives are very like, they're introverts sometimes, you know what I mean? Like they, 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 they do their work because they would rather not be talking to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that's how they do their work. Um, and it's amazing that, like, because dancers speak with their body. Mm-hmm. So they're not used to speaking with their words and, like, using, um, like, you know, written words to get the point across. And I think, and, and for me, like, you're right. Like, the best, the best teachers that I've had not only taught me the steps and the eight counts, but, like, in between those things, they would give you life lessons. Yes. And they would kind of give you, like, little tidbits that like years later still stick with me and I still recount them to this day. Um, but, it, and, um, and being a good teacher is also about being a leader in a sense, because you are leading a, a class of people. Right. Yes. So I think, and I think that like, that's something that's so overlooked. It's like, there are tons of books and seminars and like things on, on how to be a good leader Yeah, that I think more teachers need to, kind of dive in. I'm not saying like read every book out there, you know what I no, mean? But like at least do the, the, the surface research. Yeah. On it, well, because know? I do believe that some people inherently are born leaders. I think that there is something inside of the actual anatomy of the brain. Um, when you think about your person, you're, you're born a certain way. I do believe that there are those that just have it. 
I am one of those. I say that with so much confidence, not arrogantly, but I know that I am. I, that's just, it's, my name is Karma. It's always okay. been that. My dad named me Karma for a reason. He said you were destined to be great and you needed a great name. Off bat, you already put confidence inside of me. Right. <laughs> I believe when you just have it, when you're raised to believe in yourself from birth, Right. Will form into a leader. Not all leaders are good leaders, though. As we know, there's someone that's in office right now that's got to go. So it's just being mindful of who you are following when you are like the leader, who those people that are following you, you as the student, as the follower, need to be mindful of who you are allowing to take the lead. Right. Not everyone is the right one. Like that's something that I need people to understand more. Think about uh, when you hear people say representation, right? Um, recently, people are getting frustrated with everything that's going on with the Breonna Taylor case. And then the man that was able to do something did it. And you automatically get enraged because you look at the color of his skin and what is he? Black. And we think, well, you're representing us and you have this role. However, who's representing us though? Look at who he right. is. What's his background? What are you really about? So not all representation is good representation. Not all leaders are good leaders. So, but I do agree with what you're saying that I do believe more dance teachers need to be re-reminded, brush up on their leadership skills and actually dive into themselves and decide, do I actually really want the responsibility to lead? Cause that's what that is. Yeah. But what's the, um, what do you call it? Like Marvel comics. Like when you're a superhero, there's like responsibility and all this shit. Oh, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's a leader to me. And I mean, you know, on a, on a fun, you know, funny level, of course you, you feel like a superhero at times when you are a leader, we don't have any actual right. magical, you know, powers, but I do believe you, you do have like a superhuman power to get right. to sit down and follow you. So the ends of days, teachers that have had a following for their entire career, you can jump from one studio to the next studio to teach independently, to do here, to travel there. Like that's a right. lot of power, right? There's yeah. something about what you're providing, your services, your words, your energy, your presence that is making people be drawn into you. So I think at times um, you lose your, your humble energy right? If you don't have anyone snatching you back down to sit you the fuck down and say, look now, uh, that's fine and dandy that you did all that. But remember, this is where you grew up. Remember, you didn't have shit. Remember this. Remember that. Like you have right. to remind yourself of those things. And I believe when you're in LA, you, unless you have a firm foundation, you will lose that quickly. Right. And then your right. leadership skills start to diminish. And then it just turns into, I mean, we've seen it, you know, it turns into a big hot mess. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I will say that like, I mean, yes, there are people that are born leaders, but there's also people who can learn to be better leaders. And like, there's skills you can brush up on. Like I used to think that people were born dancers, but clearly like I didn't take that to heart. Like I started dancing in my late twenties, you know? Yeah. Um, So I learned to be a dancer, even though I was not born one. Um, But I will say that like being a leader, you have to have something to say. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just be a good dancer and that's all it is. Like you have to have something to say. Yeah, I agree. Good or bad, it's got to be a message. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You got to have to. Yeah, and the bad ones, I just say a prayer. I'm like, Jesus. Right. They need to be quiet. (laughs) Yeah, they need to sit down. (laughs) Yeah, no more talking for you. (laughs) So, like, we've talked about, like, being a dancer and then dancing into teaching. But, like, so let's refocus, like, on the beginner, like, the person who's, like, all right, I want to start dancing. Let's, let's, let's try this out for a little bit. Like how, like, I don't know, gosh, 
I think I was so naive when I started dancing. I woke up one day and was like, let's be a dancer. And I didn't know what that meant, honestly. <laughs> I just knew that I wanted to be better than what I was. Um, and, and I made the effort to do that, a long-term effort. Like it wasn't just like, okay, take one class for a day and then see how it goes. But like I made a long-term effort to do it. Yeah. Um, but like, I, like, again, like I started this podcast because I wish someone had told me all the things that I learned while I was becoming a dancer because being a dancer or at least a competent one is more than just learning the steps, right? Like I thought just being a dancer meant I learned the eight counts, did it, done, I'm a dancer. Well, let me say this. I think the reason why you had that approach, which a lot of people do and it's not a bad thing, is because dance has become glamorized. Anything yeah. that's glamorized, you automatically think it's easy. It's mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. I can, I know how to step. I can do, I know how to put my arm up like that. Like I right. feel sexy. I feel, you know, strong. Like I can do that. And then you get into the actual school, right? And the study right. it, and you're like, oh shit. I don't know what I was thinking. That's okay. That's okay. It's like, yeah. you have like a, you have a, a, a wake up call. And that's also why, um, a lot of other industries never took dancers seriously up until maybe five years ago, they wouldn't even call us athletes. Right. Like you wouldn't even, there was no, we, we got a contract with Gatorade almost, I think almost 10 years ago. And that was through a, so you did kick and dance. If it wasn't for right. a TV show, having it on, you know, a mainstream network, I don't think uh, would have amplified the voice of the dance industry as much as it has lately. So I do think that, yeah, I think that that's why everyone thinks they can be a dancer. Now, as a teacher, I believe everyone has the ability to dance. I, however, do not believe everyone can become a dancer, professional dancer. You can right. do this for the rest of your life, though. I, yeah. I pride myself in saying, I can teach anyone. I can teach anyone how to dance. I can teach anyone how to like groove. That's one of my things. I love doing it. Right. It's fun. However, I would never take someone that I just know it's not in their path to become a professional dancer and say, Hey, there's this audition. You should go try out just because I know right. I have the skills to teach them, to give them the confidence. But I, again, life lessons. Do you want to do this for the rest of your life? Don't No. Don't waste your time do it for fun. If you do want to do it for the rest of your life, then there's like 17 other things that you actually need to do. I need to know that you're serious about doing this because it's, um, it's not easy at all. So yeah, for that beginner, um, how are you approaching the class? You know, for you, your intention was it's to, uh, mentally make me feel better. I want the challenge. It was fun. You did it for a whole year. You were able to check it off your list. And in doing so you built up confidence. You built up a love for movement. I believe if I can speak for you on this, you built up a higher level of respect for what yeah. it means to be a dancer, especially a professional dancer, you know, in, um, in LA and people that know you personally saw that, which is why they instinctually said, Oh, you should teach a class. Why? Because they don't know the other side of it. Right. You know, right. But again, like you said, it's not to say that you can't develop that and really, you know, um, get the experience and turn into something and then spark. And then it's like, shit, this is my story. I actually thought yeah, this was my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, there's so many layers. <laughs> right, exactly. And, like, that's what I was trying, because, like, so the reason I even stepped into a dance class was I was just, it was for my mental health. Like, I wasn't even concerned with hitting all the steps. Like, I knew I wasn't going to do that my very first class. But, like, the reason I was there was for my mental health, because for at least for an hour, well, classes were an hour and a half then. 
but at least for that hour and a half, like I was not in my problems and not in my head. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and and I and until this day, like I'm not gonna say like I want to be a professional dancer because again, that's a whole different like career path. That's a whole different track. Like I just want to dance as, as long as I can. You know what I mean? And I and I think and that's a fine goal. Like I think it's such an LA thing. Yeah, that people are like, whatever your side hustle is, it, you're gonna have to make it a, a career and then make millions or thousands of dollars off. Yeah, of it. you don't have to. If you do, no. great. that's great. That's a great, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't. There's no pressure. Yeah, no. That's LA shit. And when you develop your mental strength to a strong enough level, you're able to block that shit out. Like you don't pay attention to that. Do what you do. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Like literally <laughs> yeah and, and I will say like so going back to like the dance being glamorized kind of thing because like I I have been in many studios and like if you can tell like after you've been in class for so long you can tell who's there just for their video or they just want to say oh I came to this one studio because it's famous Agreed. versus the people who are like I'm here to train I want to get better like it's easy it's, it gets easier and easier to spot those two different groups of people yeah yeah and 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 I and I think the people who are like I'm only coming in the studio because it's famous. I just want my picture and then I'm gonna head out. Like <laughs> I've seen that happen before. But like, <laughs> but I but I will say that like so even shows like Dancing with the Stars. So like they like before they do their dance with their partner, they do like this whole montage of them rehearsing and then getting injured and then doing those so and so's. Oh, there's always an injury. There's always exactly. And then they always say like, "Oh, I have kids, so I have to studio dance at night while my kids are asleep or whatever." You know, something like right. that. Right. Um, but I think those shows have done a credit to the dance industry, showing that like there are tons of behind the scenes. It's not just yeah. like that one hour in class. They learned it, got a video, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. Um, I can't remember the number, but I, I don't know if it's 10,000 or 20,000, but there's a certain amount of hours that you're supposed to put in to like become a master of your skill. I think it's 10,000. Yeah, I think right. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's true. I don't know how many hours I've put in yet. I should have started tracking them a long time ago, but even with that, I still, like I said earlier, I still want to remain a student of my craft always. I just, I just always do. It feels great. But yeah, the, the recognizing the people that are there uh, in the studios for the the glamour part of it, that's super, super easy. And I think, too, that's also why beginners get confused when they walk to a class because they saw the title say beginner. It could just say this. It could say beginner or it could say beginner, beginner, or it could say beginner intermediate. Having the first word be beginner, though, you automatically think you're walking into a level playing field, right? You think True, yes. everybody's yes. brand new. Mm -hmm. and then you realize if it's a packed class those first four rows they're not beginners they're the regulars that have been there for like for, six for years <laughs> yeah then you got the first row which is basically all of the friends then you got yep. the assistant section then you got yep. the choreographer teachers like me that'll step in but i'm like i'm not trying to be in the front i'll be off to the side in the back or in the middle. I don't even do the front. <laughs> or if I am in the front, I'm literally off to the corner, like all the way in the wall. Off to the side, yeah. I just want my own space. And I also genuinely want to see, especially if it's a packed class, I can't see anything. And teachers across the board have an issue with rotating rows out. So I'm like, people don't, yeah. I'm going to just stand over here instead because I can't see your feet. So mm -hmm. <laughs> there's that. But yeah, you, you could, I've seen it. I've danced next to pro dancers who literally will turn to me and say, 
okay, they're doing the same shit. I'm trying, I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> I'm trying to be a student. I'm trying to be a good student. I know we can catch it fast. And yes, maybe they've done that same eight count Probably, yes. time in the same routine. I understand. But remember, they're not teaching that to us. They're teaching it. Right, right. They're catering to not you. Yes. Oh my God, girl, I can't stand that. When I, I, I shit you not, I've had to literally, <laughs> you know, and I'll say it in like a playful way, but I'm dead ass. Like, get away from me. Shut up. I'm not trying to get in trouble. Don't talk about this. Right. <laughs> like you're in class. Like, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, and I'm such a type A, like, like straight A student too. I like still do that sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. Leave me alone. I don't want to get in trouble. And then especially if it's something that I genuinely haven't learned, I, again, I would like to be able to master it, master it in the limited time that I have. So I have to pay attention. I just get, yeah, don't bother me. <laughs> like, and like, and, and that's the thing about like taking a beginner class maybe just in LA, that might be an LA thing, but it's like mentally you have to prepare yourself to be around dancers who are probably way better than you. You do. You do. And I think that's also with any field, but yeah, for sure. True. True. Dance is very intimidating on many, you know, still a level that I haven't achieved yet that I look to those that inspire me and I'll have a moment of Whew, okay, hold on. Wait, am I doubting myself? No. Remember, remember karma. This is your journey. Remember they a head start. They're above you. They, they've reached that. And then look at their history or their journey of getting there. And then you kind of have to, you have a moment, you breathe, you stop freaking yeah. out and then you, you know, you continue, uh, you continue down, um, your path. But yeah, it's beginners. I love them. I have such an appreciation and also a respect for a beginner because I was a beginner. Yeah. And we all started out that way. Yeah. We all started off that way. Um, there's also a like playfulness and like you said there's there the fearlessness in a beginner as well especially when it's not a kid it could be someone that's you know adolescence or already you know in their full adulthood um but yeah there's fearlessness there's yeah they don't i use the word playfulness because they don't take themselves too seriously and i right. do that's something that we um as creatives have to leave room for you just have to leave room for don't take it too seriously until it's time to go into like full work mode. Right. Right. Um, right. That just, it takes pressure off you and it's more, it's more enjoyable. You're also more forgiving when you mess up on stuff and that I right. think beginners automatically have, there's automatically a level of forgiveness that you walk into that room and you're like, I'm not going to learn anything and that's okay. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and honestly, that's how I was like my first class. Cause like, but like, that's also like the mental preparation, right? Like it's not just physical. Like you've also got to prepare yourself mentally to start, to start dancing. Yeah. I would say my advice for, um, beginners going in as far as like the preparation, which I know we were saying we were going to touch on, um, have a certain amount of, like I said, playfulness when you're going into the class in your mind, allow yourself to be forgiving when you mess up. Um, the physical preparation is know that you might not get a warm up, So maybe you can, you know, YouTube a quick five minute stretch and you can warm up um, if you're able to prior to going to the building. Or if you know on Wednesday, I'm going to go take my first class, start doing some warm up stretches on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Right. Get your, you get what I'm saying? Get your mind yeah. and your body, um, get your mind and your body ready. I also would say stop watching the class footage prior to the class that you're going to take. Mm-hmm. 
especially if it triggers anxiety because you're you're thinking, okay, that's where I'm gonna be. Shit. Okay, what if there's that? Yeah. Stop looking at it. Don't look yeah. at anything. All you get to do is look at the schedule, book the class, and don't look at that person's class. I'm talking about the whole time and right. into the class. I think that that's also a way that you can mentally prepare yourself. Stop watching all these damn videos right before you go into the class. Like, right. Like, yeah. go off the grid for a second. Because I feel like you're, you're building up this anxiety. You're so excited. Right. You get nervous and you step into the room and you're like, holy fucking shit, this room is twice as big as what I thought it was because the video made it look smaller. The teacher is actually True, yeah. really tall. Oh my God. And they're really cute. Da, da, da. I mean, like so many girls, so many things will go through your brain. So I, I, I will say that when the teacher is cute, it's like, it, it does something to your mind. Like you don't expect it to, but I'm like, oh, okay. All right. It's a tall glass of water to look at. Okay. <laughs> You get distracted. So that's so distracted. Take away, yeah, start to take away or turn off your distractions prior to taking a class for my beginners. Um, on an intermediate, well, not even that, on an advanced level, it's different. I like to study, you know, that, that footage in that class and get prepared. I'm like, okay, cool, I know what I'm going into, but, but beginners, it's, you're so fragile. <laughs> There's yeah. so much already built up Literally. in you, you know, so let's do everything we can to kind of just um, turn it down a little bit and then you can walk in home. Like, and then also get prepared, um, for the fact that you're going to be in a space where there's going to be a lot of people around you. So you have to decide, do I actually really like being around people? Do I get claustrophobic? Um, do I get anxious when someone is too close to me? This is way before COVID happened, but those are yeah. the two that I think beginners forget, or they just, they don't even, they don't realize that when you're in a dance studio space it's like you have to claim your own spot and you have to be okay with someone pushing you or stepping on your foot or um, yeah. I bumped into someone almost every class pre-covid it just happens it just happens yeah. and you hopefully hopefully when that happens it's a nice person sometimes it's not sometimes the dancer that's like what the fuck are you doing or get out of my space or they'll just step right in front of you and push you to the back. They won't even say, excuse me, I need to get in front. So there's, I think, a lot of that that you mentally need to prepare for because it can completely defeat your spirit. It can crush it. You will never come back again. So it's not to scare anyone, but it's like you said, it's to get you prepared. There's a lot of mental yeah. preparation. Yeah, because like you like like you said, like a beginner dancer is very fragile. Like there, like there are a lot of things that people could, could just say to you, not the same things that happen in class. But there are things that people could just say to you that would make you not want to go to class anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think my first class that I took, um, my first class at Playground, I was just like, I had missed my class that morning mm -hmm. um, at Millennium. And I was like, oh, I really want to, like, I, I really regret that. I really want to dance today. And I was like, okay, what else is out there? So I, like, started looking up studios around the area. And then I saw Playground's app. And then I, like, looked. And I, and I, th I think it was, like, it was, like, around, like, 12 or 1 o'clock that day. And I think Shane's class was at, like, 5, maybe? Um, so, and I was, so it was like only like four hours in between and I was like, okay. And I remember I just forced myself to buy it and then put my phone down. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, like I did it. Like we're going, we're not going to discuss it anymore. I made the decision. I'm going. Right. And like, and I think that's the thing that some people are like, okay, I'll like, it'll be like Monday. They'll be like, oh, I'll take a class on Saturday. And then they never actually get around to buying the class and then it becomes full because Saturdays is yep. popping in LA yep. dance classes. Oh yeah. So classes get full real fast. And then if you don't buy it, they're like, oh, okay, well next week, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing is like people put it off too much. Mm -hmm. Like you, if you, if you make the decision mentally, yeah. buy it, 
book it right. pay your money because if i because if i paid money for it i'm going you're gonna show up it's just like when you go to target and you buy everything and then you go home and you think about like damn do i really want to return this i don't really want to return it i'm gonna go nope. i'm just gonna keep it i'm gonna make it work i'm gonna use it i'm gonna find something to use it for. I'm gonna, or I'm gonna give it to somebody else. If it's a basket, I'm gonna put some stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I definitely believe money makes you accountable for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, no one, again, like, I mean, living in LA is hard. No one wants to waste money that, like, you could spend on something else. No. And, and, I, and that's the thing. It's like, people are like, oh, well, tell me what days you go to class. I'm like, girl, every day. Like, every day of the week, I'm probably in a class. Like, if you wanna go, just texting like what class you taking today. Oh yeah, no, I agree. And not and nine times out of ten they don't do it because they're mentally they're interested, but they don't make the leap from like interest to like actively pursuing it. Right. And, and I think it's because like there there's no like one, there's no urgency. It's like okay, like I, I mean classes will always be there. I can always take a dance class somewhere, you know? Right, I agree. But but COVID, it's like okay, well maybe classes won't always be there. <laughs> That's it's a rude awakening for a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I also think too, what beginners could do is if it's in their budget to do so, um, maybe do a private before you go into a class yeah. because then you're getting more familiar with the teacher and you're, you'll understand their teaching style. Um, and then you, when you're ready, you can go into the actual class because it's two different experiences. Um, so that's something I, I mean, I would add that on as like a suggestion again, if it's in your budget, you know, figure out the pricings. If you can do a private, I don't know, once a month and build up your confidence, then go into the, the class setting. Um, and I do think that it'll kind of ease you into that experience just a little bit, uh, a little bit like easier, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, into- yeah, like the, the, I guess a, a silver lining of quarantine and COVID is that like you now have the opportunity to dance at Girl. home. Like if, oh, if you're someone who is, is like, if you're an introvert and you don't like being around all those people and in the, cause like it's a dance class like is sensory overload. All the time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. A dance class is sensory overload because like there's loud music, there's mirrors, there's people and like your space is tight. Like, it, it literally is overwhelming at times. So, like, if you're a person that gets overwhelmed really fast and really quickly, I would like, say no. Don't. Dancing in quarantine, yeah. Yeah, I would say don't. Don't go. Don't go yeah. until you're ready, until you're ready for that, like you said. yeah. Or, or pick a smaller studio to where the class yeah. size isn't as large. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not, and not, I mean, not even the studio. You can still go to the pro studios, but like we were saying, pick a class that's less um, viral, that's less... Right. Uh, popular according to you know youtube views and instagram views and yeah go to that where a class that maybe has only 20 people and you're like yeah 20th person then yeah it's for sure less uh, intimidating so i do think that affects people also for sure some sensory overload that's yeah, why again, sure. not everyone is meant to go through this journey um to become a professional because if sensory overload is affects you you for sure are not going to survive at all but if it's a, if it's something that you want to um heal from you want to break through then i think it's the one of the best forms of uh, therapy that you could go through stepping into you know a dance studio it's like getting over your fears right yeah 
breaking your phobias. Some people are yeah. just well, also the distractions of loud music and so many people might stop you from thinking about your problems for an hour. <laughs> very, it's so if you very need so if you need a distraction, yep. go to a dance class. Go to a dance class. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to put that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's because that's how I was. I was like, I need a distraction. The louder the music, the better. It's Let's great. go. Yeah, and it's a form of therapy. That's a form of therapy. It's totally yeah. No, I and it's movement of the body. Your endorphins are popping off. It's just it's good healthy juice that you're giving you know you're exactly like there are so many things that i could be addicted to but like dance is one of the better options (laughs) one of the healthier ones (laughs) exactly so we're coming up short on our time together here um but i'll ask you this one last question um say if anyone is listening to this podcast and they are just on the couch and being like i don't think i can dance like there's no way that i'm gonna get off this couch once quarantine is over and make myself go to a dance class like what is one thing that you, if they were sitting in front of you, what is one thing that you would say to them to get them off the couch and into a dance class? Well, I would ask them, do, the, do they love the fact that they're alive? I would start with that. Do you love the fact that you're alive, that you have the ability to open your eyes, sit, put your phone in your hand, look at a dance class, and even physically think for a second, I want to go, but I'm not going to. So go back to the fact that you have life, that your body is moving for you, that your brain is functioning to even process anything. And if you can answer, yes, I love the fact that I'm alive. I, I love everything about it. I would like to stay alive. Then I would say, <laughs> why not try something new? Why are you allowing the fear of failure of disappointment of rejection of not executing it perfectly the first time why are you allowing that to stop you you're only going to live once literally if this year has not not taught us anything else you only live once we hear it so many times but i hope that everyone walks out of this understanding how powerful that cliche statement is right so that would be that would be what I would ask. That's not even my advice. It would just, I would ask you that. Do you like being alive? You do? Okay, great. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. And, and I will say that like, so we've been in quarantine, what, six months now? Mm-hmm. Like if you've been thinking, yeah, almost going, yeah, going on seven. Like if you've been thinking about dance for six to seven months and you still haven't been able to get it out of your head, then it's something that you need to explore, right? Like, uh, even, like, even if you go once and you're like, and just to say that you tried it and like, okay, I tried it once. Maybe it wasn't for me, but at least now, you know, right? Exactly. You're not going to know you don't like something until you try it. <laughs> again, like, again, like it's been on, if it's been on your mind for six months, like give it a shot. Cause like, I mean, even for me, like I, I haven't been in the studio for six, seven months, but like I started a podcast about dance because I just had to keep talking about it, you know, <laughs> like it's I something that. that I constantly want to be in. I love um, it was on your heart. So yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And there's so many platforms. We already know that there's so many um, styles and teachers and whether it's dance fitness, if it's just dance, if it's just stretching as a dancer, whatever, whatever yeah. it looks like, there's so many um, areas that people can look into to try it in their own safe space until they can go in person. So I say, take advantage of it while you can. Might yeah have, you know yeah find find the one silver lining in this and dance at home while no one's watching <laughs> exactly yeah no I agree yeah I love this well, yeah thank you for having me yeah thank you so much I mean I think we gave some really good advice today and hopefully someone will take it to heart and when this is all over they'll race out to the first dance class they can take and that that'll be me though like I'm for sure 
will be racing out of here for the first dance class I can take. Good. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. And anyone that, that hears this, just, yeah, remember everything that we said. And I think be more forgiving and more tender and more compassionate with yourself in anything that you choose to pursue. Um, and I believe that you will come out, you know, for the better. You have to, you yeah. know, you just yeah. have fun, live your life. <laughs> well, we'll definitely end there on that solid note of wisdom there. Thank you so much, Karma. I appreciate you so much for coming on today. Welcome, sister. Anytime. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of 5678. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the 5678 podcast. There, you can also sign up for the Dancers Club newsletter at the link in our bio. See you next week for another new episode.